Hello, friends of Soul Kitchen. Thank you for listening to my podcast. My name is Jasper Mutsaerts. I'm an entrepreneur, adventurer, coach, and wisdom seeker. With Soul Kitchen, I interview people that inspire me. From TED speakers to social entrepreneurs, from activists to artists, from dreamers to seekers, from business people to spiritual teachers. With Soul Kitchen, I empower people to live their quest. Each episode contains a recipe for life. What is your quest? So welcome, friends of Soul Kitchen, to a new episode. I'm sitting in uh, Todos Santos on the west coast of Mexico. And today I'm interviewing Georgia Blatchford, whom I met in Costa Rica when we were living in a spiritual community called Pachamama. And Georgia is a world traveler, mystic healer, and leadership coach who supports people in embodying their purpose. And in her past life, she lived in the United States, where she's from. She worked in Wall Street and Silicon Valley, and also went to Yale, where she played squash at a high level, amongst others. And today we will talk about personal transformation, new earth leadership, her spiritual journey, and many, many other topics. Uh, Georgia, are you satisfied uh, with how I introduced you? Jasper, I absolutely love it. Thank you for the introduction. It is great to see your face over on the west side of Mexico as I tune in from the Caribbean side where I'm living in Tulum. So we're in the same land, but pretty far from each other. We are in the same land. I'm very excited to, to listen to your story. So you used to live in the U.S., at some point, I met you in Costa Rica, and nowadays you're living in Tulum. Can you share a bit about these geographical movements and what they meant for you? Sure. So at the beginning of 2021, I was living in San Francisco, and I'd lived there for three years. I spent like the first year um, of the pandemic in San Francisco, and at one point I was just um, I was actually in between apartments in San Francisco. I had gotten promoted. I was going to um, get my own place. And I had some time in between. So I was like, I'm going to go to Costa Rica for a month and just work remotely and figure it out. And that one month turned into three months. And I just had such a strong resonance with the land of Costa Rica. And while well, I'd already been on my spiritual path at the time, I was teaching yoga and meditating very, um, I was meditating daily by that point and teaching yoga. That first trip to Costa Rica, while I was still very much like working in corporate and very much plugged into the system in the United States, it really opened my eyes. It opened my heart to other ways of living. And when I got back from that trip, which was like around May of 2021, I kind of had made the decision that I was going to that I was not going to find a new home in San Francisco. And I emptied my storage unit. I gave all of my possessions away and I quit my job and I started traveling. And my first location when after I quit, actually, so when I quit, I was in Mexico. I love this land. But my first, um, when I set out to travel the world, the first location that I went to was once again Costa Rica, this amazing land. You've been there, you know, it's very special. And my plan was kind of to travel all through South Amer Latin America, South America, 
and this is like the end of 2021. And what happened was I got to Costa Rica and I just stayed there <laughs> because what I realized was that the journey that I was embarking on was not like a world journey, an outer world journey. It was an inner world journey. So I've been able to really do the inner work on myself in these incredible places where the land is so fresh. It is not overbuilt. There is water and ocean and jungle where there's this deep, like spiritual power of just untouched land. And it's really supportive for the healing journey to have that quiet, to have the animals and the sounds and the elements so close by. So that's really how I ended up, I guess, living in these locations. And after my, after my like year of deep healing and exploration in Costa Rica and a few months in Panama in there as well, I came to Tulum where I was not planning to move here. But once I got here, it became very clear that this was my landing pad for now. So I've lived here for six months and I'm about to move into a new apartment where I have a 12 month lease. So this is very much home for the home for now. And it feels like home for sure. Beautiful story. And you mentioned that in San Francisco, you gave away your possessions. So what role did that decision play in your journey? Uh, I mean, I remember, I remember once like years ago, I was, I was packing for a camping trip, like a backpacking trip in Northern California. And I remember my friend said something to me because I asked her, like, what do I need to bring? Like, what kind of backpack should I get? Because when you're backpacking, camping, you're carrying everything on your back and you're hiking miles, lots of altitude. And she was like, Georgia, we're here for a fun time. We're not here for, for a long time. Pack light. <laughs> and I love that because it it was just like this little... Um, joke she made years before but it really resonated with me because I think in previous versions of myself in my current lifetime there were times where possessions really meant a lot and it signified security it signified abundance and success and wealth but when I really embarked on the journey of my inner world I got to kind of like disidentified from things and so it was actually really it was like a beautiful first step in getting rid of my possessions not having a home I mean until I got to Tulum I didn't have a permanent address for a few years and it tests you it definitely tested me to you know have all of my possessions like in a suitcase and um yeah in a way it's very liberating but it can also be very challenging so it has been liberating because maybe in the past you valued them more and it has been uh, expansive to, to live out of a bag for a while. And talking about possessions, one of your newest possession that I can see right now, right here, is a hat that you're wearing. <laughs> so <laughs> That's true. Where did you buy this hat and uh, uh, why do you choose to wear it? And the, the reason I'm asking, I recently was in Tulum. And then I was having dinner with someone and then this person said in Tulum, many people wear hats. So that's why I'm asking. Mm -hmm. I love this question and I love wearing hats. I've collected a few nice ones over, over the years. And I've just recently really le leaned into wearing one. Mm -hmm. And there's a few different reasons. 
I, I'm a big fan of expressing myself. I love I love expression through through style and fashion. You know, I'm not a, a fashionista, but I think the way we are adorn ourselves is important because it's how we interact with the world. Hats, I mean, I'm an energy person. And when you wear a hat, it's like a crown. Not just in the sense that you're expressing yourself as royalty, but it's also pr protecting your crown. The crown being your seventh chakra, right? Your crown being the touch point between your being, your energetic being, your physical being, and the divine, as well as anything else that wants to come in. So especially on my healing journey, when I was getting way more connected to my intuitive gifts, I started to be way more mindful about the way I protected my energy centers. I would wear a lot of scarves to protect my third center. I would start, I would wear headbands and hats and, or you could even put a bun on top of your head. You see a lot of women doing this in like the spiritual community putting mm -hmm. buns on top of your head because it kind of creates a layer of protection between your crown, which is the absorbing the, the outside world and absorbing like the higher dimensions and your being. So that's one of the reasons why I wear hats. Uh -huh. Also just as I've gotten, as I've gotten more confident, I just feel like I can rock a hat. I love the way it looks. I'm like, <laughs> like, this is me. This is my style. You can rock a hat. No, I, I definitely like your hat and it's, it has something, right? A way of expressing. And you said you like expressing yourself. And one of the ways you're currently doing that is through your Instagram account. account. So can you share a bit about your intention of your account? Uh, what type of things you share there and, and how it has been received so far? Sure. So Instagram is one of like my favorite ways of like interacting with the world and, and sharing my gifts, my wisdom, my story with the broader world. So particularly over the past year, I've been making these like short form videos, reels. It's, I'm, I'm sure most of the listeners are familiar with this. And what I do in these videos is I share basically insights that come through and it can be anything that I'm learning in the moment, anything I'm experiencing, as well as the kind of foundational principles and lessons that I incorporate into my work. So when you introduced me, you mentioned I'm a leadership coach. So I'll share videos on leadership, on confidence, on ownership, and overcoming your fears. And I like to do it in these short form videos because sometimes just a a a sentence, like something small, can just land, can create, can can land in someone's heart in a meaningful way. And it also has the power to create a new neuro pathway, right? If someone has never thought about it that way and they actually listen to it and with an open mind, it creates a new neuro pathway in your brain, right? And that's really, that's in my opinion, that's how we expand our consciousness and how we evolve. It's like creating um, new pathways and, and giving room for other perspectives. So it's something that I've definitely benefited from in others. And I love to contribute in this way as well. And the mm -hmm. feedback's great. People engage with it. You know, I've become pretty consistent with it, which was a big, a big learning experience on its own for me, going from beginning to share my voice and sharing it with confidence, sharing it with consistency. And now this is something that I help people with as a part of my work, helping them overcome the fear of being seen in order to share their message with the world, because we all have messages that mm. need to be heard. 
So how would you summarize your um, uh, key message on Instagram? I mean, you have many messages there. But what is your key message? Mm, I think the message that is lighting me up right now is that as the world is changing, we have a unique opportunity to redefine leadership, to redefine what it means to be a leader. And we all play a role in that, which is why it's really important for us to understand our own values, understand what integrity looks like, and open our minds and hearts to a new paradigm. I was having a conversation with a client yesterday and I'm helping her overcome her fear of being seen and starting to share her gifts with the world. And I had to remind her that as the paradigm is shifting, there are more people behind you than there are ahead of you. And what that means is that you're not following in other people's footsteps. You're, you're creating the path for others. And we all have the opportunity for that. And I know your listeners are really curious, open-hearted people. And this is an amazing opportunity that we have. And in a way, it's also this op- it's like an obligation. It's a duty because as we awaken, there are, there are so many people who are going to need our support in different capacities, no matter if you're a spiritual healer or a teacher, or maybe you're an artist, or maybe you're a business genius. We need people in every space with all areas of expertise, lighting a new path with consciousness Mm. and embodied leadership, not just old paradigm leadership. So we get to be a part of that. So in that path of awakening that you're talking about, who who have been some of your uh, teachers or sources of inspiration? Mm. Great question. I think early on, early on in my journey, I started to read like Eckhart Tolle, which was very super powerful for me, like learning about presence, learning about the nature of consciousness. Throughout my journey, I've also one thing that has truly allowed me to accelerate and really step into my path has been working with mentors. So I had a mentor named Annalisa who I met in Costa Rica, my first, my first trip there. And I met her at a, at a gathering and it changed my life. You know, I pursued formal mentorship with her. And what I've learned is, you know, something I talk about a lot is new earth, which is the new paradigm. And one thing that I'm really, that I believe is that in, in the new paradigm of healing and consciousness, we actually self-source our healing. We self-source our consciousness. We self-source the wisdom. And I think the, the most powerful teachers know this, that what they, what they offer us is not just this, not their original material that they just transfuse into us, but rather through their energy, through their presence, through some of their, their wisdom, they basically like turn on, right? They activate a deep knowing that we all have. So I would say lately, I I mean, I work with, I, I work with a coach weekly, you know, I continue to invest in myself and study spirituality and consciousness, but I think my greatest teacher especially in the past six months has been meditation because all of the material is, is, is out there and in here and it's just creating the space for it to come through. And this is something that I, that I share a lot because, you know, ultimately that mentorship is really, really powerful because 
we we invite people to to insource their healing. So do you meditate daily? Oh yeah. How long? I don't do you meditate? Meditate? So I have a practice. It's like about 45 minutes. And within that practice, I probably am sitting in stillness for like 20 or 30 minutes. And I'm ground I'll I'll also lightly stretch. I'll do some breath work. And it's I don't check my phone until I've, I've done this entire practice. You know, if I have to set an alarm, then I'll turn off the alarm, but then I won't check my phone until I've done this. And before I even sit down to meditate, what I always do, and this is great. This is a great tip for anyone listening. Drink a big glass of water first thing in the morning, because overnight your body's doing all sorts of detoxifying, especially in your liver and in your organ systems. So when you wake up in the morning, having a big glass of water is just going to help flush and move everything right away. So I, I get a big, big glass of water. I'll put some lemon in it, maybe a little bit of salt if I'm going to be active to replenish electrolytes. And then the first thing I do is I go outside and I find the sun and I put the sun on my face. This is really, really great because the sun, especially early sunlight, is going to help activate your – it's going to help regulate your hormones, regulate your circadian rhythm. So I do that, get some sunlight, greet the sun – Right. Say thank you for another day of being alive. And then I go inside or I'll find a spot outside and I'll do my practice for 45 minutes, which is meditation, like stretching and breath work. And I love it. I recommend this practice to anybody. I think it's beautiful that you do it because I know about this. and I do it sometimes, but I don't do it daily. Um, but it's very hard uh, to do it daily. Also like daily Instagram posting. So one of mm. your... Um, key uh, strengths at this moment in time seems to be uh, consistency. So how have you moved from, let's say, knowing it to really embodying it uh, daily? This, I love this question because consistency is such a major key in your transformation, your liberation, becoming the person that you want to be. Like consistency is something that you said it's hard, but I want to challenge you and ask, actually ask you, is it hard? Because to make a small change consistent, all you really have to do is get out of your own way and show up. And I love this invitation because it's like, just find a small change to make, a small change to make. And if you do it every single day, like two things will happen. Like you will get the benefit of whatever the behavior is, right? So if you meditate every single day, you'll have more focus, you'll have better sleep, you'll better regulate your nervous system. You know, there's so many like researched benefits of meditating. And then there's the second benefit. Then there's like the second thing that happens, which is that you're, you're keeping a promise that you make to yourself. And this is, this is, this is life changing because I think a big a big problem that many people have that I had for basically my entire life, which is, was that I, I didn't trust myself and people don't trust themselves, which is why they don't have good boundaries. They self-sacrifice. They don't trust themselves to make big decisions. So they stay stuck. Um, so building consistency is a way to build trust. If you say I'm going to meditate every day and you do it, you're building trust with yourself. On the contrary, one of one thing that you shouldn't do, one thing that's not so good is to make a promise to yourself and then break it. 
right? Mm -hmm. Because if you say, I'm going to meditate every day, and then you don't, you're basically sending a signal to your nervous system that you don't do the things that you say you're going to do. And then you're never, then, then how are you going to trust yourself? So what I like to do with my clients is we create like challenging stretch goals. I remember I was talking to my client, she's a writer and she was like, I'm going to write for an hour every day. And I'm like, do you have an hour every day to write? Because if you don't, if you're not going to find an hour every day to write, and then you're, you're just going to, you're just going to disappoint yourself or it's going to feel unattainable and then you'll just give up. So what feels like you're stretching yourself, but you're also setting yourself up for success. And she landed on 30 minutes and it's been a month now and she's written for 30 minutes every single day. And she's a creative person, right? Creative person where being in flow is, is really important, but to have that, though, that structure and the parameter of consistency has really actually supported her. I think some artists would be like, no one can tell me when or what, when to make my art or when not to. But what I find and what I'm seeing with the people I work with is that bringing in structure and consistency creates so much more space for the natural, for, for the natural creativity to flow because there's this safety. It's like the, the, the balance of the masculine and the feminine. If the art is the feminine, actually having that, the container of setting aside time and having commitment and devotion to the art itself of the masculine container actually allows that feminine art to be way more potent and way more safe to express itself and to explore its own depth. I really like that. So if you tell something to yourself, you're going to do it and you don't go, you're not going to do it. That's kind of uh, setting yourself up for disaster. So it's also about creating small exactly. wins, sticking to it. Um, what else do I want to ask about this? So for me, uh, as you know, I shared yesterday that I uh, removed alcohol from my diet for one year. Yes, I love it. Which has been incredible. And I feel so much more strength than before because I, I made a commitment and I stick to it. Absolutely. Nowadays, I'm also alcohol uh, coffee-free. I've replaced it a bit with more sugar intake, like uh, having a Coke uh, during this episode. Um, but the exercise is still a bit a uh, challenge to do daily. So how do you, um, uh, why is it for some people di difficult to do certain things rather than other things? Like what's, what's the reason? Mm. Well, at first I want to just acknowledge you and just say like that you've already proven to yourself that you can do anything you set your mind to. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. When I start with people and they're like desperate to change their lives and they tell me that they exercise five times a week. I tell them you're really good at making at, at you have discipline already. That's that's sometimes the hardest hurdle for some people is like learning to have that discipline, learning how to kind of like mind over matter, like doing something that you don't want to do or withholding from doing something that you want to do, like what you've been doing, abstaining from alcohol. You know, you know that you can overcome your maybe you're like lower instincts yeah you know i don't know if people are going to agree with that way of phrasing it but it's the same goes with you know as humans we're not perfect like we're not meant to be perfect and and we also have an opportunity to actually really be the people that we want to be and that's why it's really important to set these goals 
and to raise the bar for ourselves. And I love that you, you're doing this. For exercise, I think a rare question is why are some people more, you know, why, why, why are some people more likely to struggle or have ease with certain things? I think it's just because people are different, you know, and, and people have different lessons that they need to learn. So for me, I was a competitive athlete my entire life. And so for me, training is, was always a part of my life. I still train almost every day to this day. When I was healing, when I was on my healing journey, kind of when I met you for the first time at the end of 2021, or it was actually New Year's, so it was the first day of 2022, I, I had to really like, redis- I had to rediscover or um, create a new relationship with my body. And I took a year like off of training. And I t- did yoga here, you know, little things here and there, but I had to take time off of training because I had to understand where my motivations were. And now I get to train with the intention of celebrating my body, not punishing my body, not forcing myself to do something to look a certain way, but because I love the way I feel when I'm strong, when I'm moving, when I'm fast. And so for, if, if you're getting started with training, it's, I would just invite you to ask yourself, like, what is your intention of get what, like, what do you want and how important is it to you? And if it's like your physical health or your longevity, or you want to be strong and you, you know, for many years in the future, if you connect with that intention, like it will carry you through. And what's amazing with this stuff is like, I cold plunge multiple times a week in like freezing cold water. I cold plunge. I, I have all sorts of practices where I'm constantly choosing mind over matter. And what happens is that with early on in your journey, early on in after you make the declaration, like I'm making this a priority, there's going to be some initial resistance as you like get up, as, as you make it into practice. Because going from not working out, saying I'm going to work out five times a week, like that's going to be really hard, really painful. And you don't have to start with five times a week, start with once or tw- twice a week, but you're going to realize once you start incorporating a habit that's good for you, you're going to feel amazing and then you're going to love it. That's why I train every day because on days I don't train, I don't feel as good. I ran this morning before this call because I knew I was going to show up better, feel better on this call if I ran, you know, not, oh, I have to do this because I'm a healthy spiritual person, but it's like, I fucking feel amazing when I exercise. So the feedback's great. And, you know, it's just starting. Starting is truly the hardest part and it looks different for everyone. So you're going to find something that works for you and you'll love it. I feel your, uh, your energy and your enthusiasm. So I can imagine that you're an incredible coach. And, um, um, <laughs> thank I you. I know I will nail the exercise tool. So, um, now I've one year of alcohol free and then my second year that starts today, I want to add the exercise and the morning ritual. Um, but it's not that I never do it. I mean, I do it mm-hmm. still infrequent, but that's my intention for this year. And I want to be a, uh, yeah, a healthy and energized uh, person. Um, you mentioned Eckhart Tolle. So, in uh, 2015, I walked part of the Santiago de Compostela. Are you familiar with this path in Europe? 
Oh, is this like the the Camino de Santiago? Yeah, I have not done it myself, but I actually looked into doing it, but yep. I haven't done it yet. It's a pilgrimage path in Europe. You start in the southern France and you go to Spain. And the official one is a 30-day uh, trip. Mm-hmm. But I've done I've done 50% of it, so 14 days. And then I was reading The Power of Now of Eckhart Tolle. And then a bit later, I read A New Earth. Although I should, uh, or I, I could uh, read the books again, because now maybe I s- mm-hmm. see that slide. But you mentioned the topic of New Earth, New Earth leadership. So what does it mean for you? Why is it relevant? Why are you passionate about <laughs> Jasper knows that every time we're in conversation, whatever it's about, New Earth always comes up because this is just my passion. And New Earth, so Eckhart Tolle describes New Earth as the manifestation of higher consciousness in the physical realm. Mm -hmm. And I love this because someone asked me, like, what does New Earth mean to you? And for me, New Earth, it's a frequency. New Earth is an energy. It's it's really a level of consciousness. And like Edgar told, it's, it's the way that consciousness is, is manifested in the physical realm. I'm of the belief that as we expand in our consciousness through learning different perspectives, through doing the discerning inner work so that we're not being controlled and ran by our wounds, Right our inner wounds from our experience in our childhood, the collective societal wounds, the ego, which is Eckhart Tolle talks a lot about that. When, when we've done all that work and we can access like the living, breathing consciousness of the universe that lives within us, we approach unity. That's how I see it. So just like a side note, I was having a meal with like an old friend, a Yale friend a few months ago. And I was telling him about my vision for the world and how, what I want to create and how many people that I want to help. And why I'm, and I'm so passionate about just helping people awaken to their own magnificence and their purpose and to share higher consciousness with the world. And I won't let anything stop me from doing this. And this person who I went to Yale with, he looked at me and he goes, but you're going to, but why do you care about helping so many people? And I took a moment to think about it because it's true. Like I have a business. I live in paradise in Tulum. My life is good. And I work with people every day. But why do I care about helping more people? And my response was, as I, I believe that as our, as our consciousness accelerates, as we grow and evolve consciously, the way we perceive reality and experience the living universe through us, we approach unity consciousness, right? And we realize that there, there's no healing if we're not all healing, right? In the same logic, the healing of one person is necessary and so significant for the healing of all people, right? So anyone who's doing any work on themselves, whether you're going to therapy, if you're reading a book, if you're just putting a hand on your heart after a hard day and just giving yourself space to feel, however you invest in your own healing energetically with your time, with your money, it is such a, it's such an offering to the world because we, because when you heal yourself, like that's how the planet heals because we are all one. 
And Jasper, I think you've, you've experienced this because, you know, us kind of seekers, us world travelers who ex really explore our inner world, we explore different levels of consciousness through different healing modalities, through different medicines and adventures. We have these moments of oneness. We feel oneness. And, you know, as the path accelerates, as we grow, it's like we get to experience more of these feelings of oneness. But many people actually have never felt that before. And that's okay. You know, I don't want, if, I, if someone's listening to this being like, oh, like, what is she talking about? It's, there's, remember, there's no, there's no perfect, there's no right or wrong path. But I think many of us who get tastes of this, and then the, and then we get to become more familiar with it, as a part of unity is just paying it forward, you know, and introducing more people to it. Because when you connect to oneness, and all of a sudden, like your CV might not be as important, or that thing that is really stressing you out because you need to accomplish something. And, you know, if you don't get, if you're not promoted to this level within this year's and you're a failure, like all of that stuff is kind of less important because you realize you're a part of this beautiful whole, which is just the living and breathing conscious universe. Right. <laughs> so is new earth about wholeness and uh, feeling whole and being whole with everything? Uh, okay, that was the question. I forgot oh. the question. No, I don't yeah, know. I asked you about earth, new earth. New earth kind. is love. New earth is love consciousness. You know, I believe that the nature of the creator of our universe is pure love. Pure love. And as we access that, it changes everything. It changes the way we treat ourselves. It changes the way we treat others. It changes the way we do business. I think in new earth, in a society, in a world that is reflecting higher consciousness reflecting love business the the metrics that we use for business can be way different right i'm not saying you can't make money because abundance is also a part of new earth the nature of the universe is abundant like just look around and it's like what does abundance look like in the new world just like the way leadership looks different in the new world the new earth like we kind of get to define it we get to define it ourselves so new new earth is also uh, love as you mentioned it and i um interviewed max tossel who is an american poet and a storyteller and uh, he shares his wisdom on many stages and he asked he asked himself the question in many situations what would love do mm. in this situation is that something that resonates with you oh yeah i love that you said it and i just was like mm. and this is that's beautiful and absolutely one practice that I have as a part of my morning practice every day, I just breathe into my heart and I just take a few deep breaths into my heart and I try and move my awareness from my mind into my heart. And in a way, it's kind of like moving from the perspective of ego into the, into the perspective of love. And, you know, this happens because as, as human beings every day, or at least frequently we're given opportunities to liberate ourselves through witnessing our own patterns, through witnessing our tendencies. And I'll say it again, we're not perfect. So there's always more opportunities to liberate ourselves. And for me, like a lot of this happens in interpersonal relationships. It happens with our family. It happens with 
you know, our love interests. I remember having a conversation with you about this with someone that I was seeing. And I had a moment where I could feel this like, this like crunchy, like interference in my energy field where I was judging this person or whatever it was. And I was like, Georgia, what about love? Just love. And it changes everything. It just creates this coherence between our heart space and our actions and our perspectives. So I love that. Thank you for sharing. What would love do? I'm going to have to write that down. <laughs> I think it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful question. So like with anything, there's a conceptual uh, theoretical level and then there's a practical level. So if someone wants to embody a new earth more, what are some of the actions that someone can take on a daily basis? Oh, great question. So to embody new earth more, I think, I think it's really important to access this infinite source that's within you. Because it's, you know, when we're trying to, to learn or embody something that feels new, it can be easy to reach for something on the outside and to, like, somehow, like, accomplish it. But with, this is, new earth is kind of, like, innate to who we are as humans when we access that's with, that which is with within us. So stillness, we've talked about meditation already and also really giving ourselves space and kind of creating a life that is in integrity with what you consider love and unity, right? So a lot of that's going to be, as I mentioned, like resolving your outstanding wounds that are impacting your life. Where are you living in bitterness? Where are you blaming? Where have you not forgiven yourself? Where have you not forgiven others? And really go one by one through the places where you're out of integrity and out of love. It's kind of one and the same. You know, so there's a lot of inner work to do to really embody this frequency of new earth, which I think is kind of number one. And then there's the what does new earth look like practically? And then it kind of becomes like the natural manifestation of your inner world, right? Your choices are going to reflect someone who's more balanced. Your choices are going to reflect someone who loves themselves, who loves others. You know, I, some different like spiritual teacher teachers will say that, you know, what you see on the media and the horrible things happening around the world is just, it's like the out, side reflection of like the collective consciousness and honestly I agree with that and I don't say this with disdain for humanity in fact I think I think humans are amazing I think to be a human on earth is like the greatest gift of all time and I feel like there's actually a lot of propaganda that are that's against human that's like anti-human 
-hmm. (laughs) which we can talk about later. But, you know, everyone doing doing the inner work and then living in accordance with with the world that you dream of is how we make differences and sharing it with more people and embodying that frequency with people. This is why I'm a leadership coach because I I have seen firsthand the power of accessing this consciousness in my own life and in the people around me. Mm-hmm. And leaders are people who have influence and you don't have to be someone of high influence to start working with me. But it's like are you prepared to be the example for other people? Are you prepared to be that light and model a new way even when at scale it has not really it's not being modeled yet? So gets the inner work and then the choices that reflect it. So you shared a bit about uh, New Earth as a concept and uh, practical implications. Uh, if you look at geographical areas, I mean, you, you've lived in the United States, Costa Rica, Mexico. Do these places embody a New Earth or an old Earth? Or are, are those different Earths everywhere mm-hmm. where you've lived? Mm-hmm. So New Earth, New Earth is an energy it's a frequency that manifests in different times and different places and i think you see old earth and new earth in the same room sometimes right in america and particularly in big cities so i grew up in new york city after i graduated from yale i worked on wall street as an like as a an, an investment banking analyst right after college and that's like pretty legacy paradigm, which, right. That's like a, a nice way of saying old earth, right. Mm-hmm. Where it's all about competition. It's all about depleting yourself for, to, for some other entity, you know, and, and I'm not saying this with, with resentment. I don't regret a single thing that I've ever done. And I'm actually super grateful for those opportunities, but it really showed me a way of living that didn't work for me because even though I got the job, even though I got the bonus, I had, friends and you know I my cup was empty when I wasn't working I was numbing myself out with alcohol recreational drugs and I just did not have access to myself let alone like this infinite magic that we get to experience in life itself and it's just very competitive like the old paradigm has these notions of like zero sum like if I like if if I'm going to be successful, that means someone has to be unsuccessful. Someone has to lose in order for me to win. That's not that's not true in New Earth. In New Earth, we like completely like rewrite the logic. We 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 pull it out of the, at the root. You know, and what's cool about traveling is that yeah, there's a lot of these places are developing or undeveloped, and there's just so much there's there's space for people to create their own world you know and i i'm not gonna comment on like you know colonialism and developing these countries but i think it's really amazing that people are so committed to building regenerative communities around the world building conscious communities where people relate to each other from a place of love and respect and taking responsibility for themselves and not just 
projecting their wounds onto each other over and over again. It's really amazing. And a lot of people kind of had to escape the Western world or they choose to settle somewhere different where they can really build it from the ground up. And I think, I, I think there's both, right? People that are building new infrastructure that's completely different and never been done before. And then there's also people who are going to be sharing these principles and sharing this way of living with people inside big cities. Like what I do, I have the people that I work with in large part are people who live in America or live in like Western countries. How do you look back at your uh, transition from the United States to, uh, to Mexico? Now you've taken that, that leap. How do you look back at it? It's amazing. <laughs> I'm so grateful. One thing I've gotten very good at is listening to my own intuition. So I, I trust, like, like we talked about at the beginning of the call, I've spent a long time building trust with myself through consistency, right? I've meditated pretty much every day for four years, <laughs> but you just build trust with yourself and you start listening to your intuition and honoring your intuition. And then the instruct the instructions become pretty clear. So when I get this gut instinct, like I'm going to go do this, I'm going to go move to Mexico. Like I, I got my own back. I know that I can trust my intuition because she doesn't fail me. And it's actually when I don't trust, when I don't listen to my intuition and I overwrite it and I do what I think I'm supposed to do or what will make someone else happy or that feels more safe. That's actually when I get into a sticky situation. So it's been, it's been an amazing transition I think one thing that really supported me getting to where I am now, where I'm able to support so many people is that when I left America, I, I really healed my nervous system. And what I realized was, especially when I stopped working and I left a city, right. Where there's honking and eat work emails constantly. I realized that I basically lived 24 seven in a sympathetic state, my autonomic nervous system, which means your body's always prepared to like to fight or flee. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we're all safe here. Like there's no immediate threats, but we live in this state of threat because we're always on and leaving America, leaving San Francisco and New York city and going to the jungle of Costa Rica where it's quiet. Like it took, it took a little while to adjust, but it was so healing to my nervous system to just finally slow down, you know, to finally just mm, like find peace in my own being, access that unchanging part of myself. Ooh, that was life-changing. And now it's like, I, I really had to slow down to then start really create a business that I love from a place of totality and from a full cup, not because I have something to prove, but because it's truly like my passions just overflowing from me because I've nourished myself so deeply. That's beautiful. Yeah. The art of slowing down is, um, is not easy, right? Because you think mm -hmm. that you should be productive. So yes. what have been some of the challenges uh, in slowing down? Or what have been some of the limiting beliefs? Mm -mm. Well, I think, like you said, it's there's so many thoughts around being productive. And this is kind of 
this is what I would say is like a paradigm shift, right? Where it's like, there's kind of like the old belief, the old paradigm that I have to be doing something to be worthy. My output reflects my value. These are old paradigm beliefs that are deep within the subconscious of our world, especially in America. Or I'll speak for myself, at least for me. So to, to get from that place to, oh, I'm inherently worthy. I don't need to do anything to prove. I, I have nothing to prove. I'm inherently worthy and I love myself for who I am. To get from my output, my accomplishments reflect my value to that, that place, there has to be a lot of transmutation. And stillness is the vehicle to really allow the truth of our beliefs to come up. So I really had to deal a lot with the way I felt validation from my resume, for example. When I was in Costa Rica, no one knew that I went to Yale. No one knew where I came from or what my background was. I was just like a random person, just like everybody else. No one cared. Like people literally wouldn't even even care. And this was actually like so healing because it gave me permission to just be myself like separate from some from like the labels and titles and accomplishments that really validated me for a long time. Another thing that I really have have worked on over the past few years is like getting validation through romance. Mm. And that was a huge thing for me for many years was really getting this um yeah, getting a lot of my sense of self from being in relationship or dating or being in intimacy. And it was something that I really sought out in my life. And so I really, a huge part of my journey of getting to know myself has been redefining intimacy. And even, yeah, we've spoken about this, like abstaining from intimacy for an extended period of time so that I can insource my love and really get to know where do I reach for the outside to validate me? And instead of denying it, instead of pretending like, oh no, I'm a spiritual Zen yoga teacher that has it all figured out, being like, whoa, really being super honest with myself about where I do give my power away, right? Willingly give my power away and then reclaiming it with love and saying, sometimes it's like, you gotta be disciplined and Mm -hmm. relearn it. So that's been another thing that has really, that was, was a challenge that I've been transmuting and it has changed my life. So you've been uh, looking for validation in your resume and romances, the, the two R. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you come up with a third R to make it like even more impressive or? Okay. Give me a moment. Okay. <laughs> Resumes, romance and. Roller coasters. Roller coasters. Um, okay, oh, I'm going to come back to you. I'm going to think of one, but I'll stay present with you. <laughs> oh, I, I recognize that also the, the, the resume and the romance. It can be this constant uh, pattern of finding a next project, finding yeah, a next person. Totally. And can I just I, say that, go ahead. Um, especially like for people like like me i had a great resume and i was great at dating like i i always had a relationship 
I could always get a date because, you know, I, I was, yeah, I'm a congenial, hmm? I had a good resume and I'm a congenial person. And, you know, ultimately on the outside, everything was great, but on the inside, it wasn't. Mm. And I, I knew that it was going to crack at some point because the, I didn't, I wasn't building it from the inside out. I wasn't, my, my relationship to the world was one that I wanted to validate me instead of one of like deep gratitude and awe and service. So I'm, I'm so grateful that I took the initiative that I did. And then I got to a point where I was like, I can't, I can't do it like this way anymore. Even though I had a great job, I had a great apartment in San Francisco. I was about to move into a new, like I, it was all great, but something like I, I was about to crack because, you know, those things, it's all external. Like you can never, you can never get there. And when I say get there, it's like get to that joy and that infinite, like the unchanging gift of being alive. Like you can never get there, but the external, it's just not no. going to happen. No, it, it, you don't get there, right? With the external. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Never. I recently read, uh, I was reading the book Conversations with God uh, that I bought in Tulum and I met you. And it's, it, it said something about enlightenment that you're enlightened, enlightened when you realize that you don't have to go anywhere anymore. Uh, but because you don't know this feeling, you're still looking for it. And because you're still looking for it, you, you will never know that feeling. So it's kind of the, uh, the bit of trap that we're in. Yes, 100%. Uh, but how do you... Um, Let's say you're, you're a spiritual teacher and, and a leadership coach, but you still want to grow your impact and, and grow your reach. So you also want to go somewhere. So how, how do you find balance between, I don't know, again, growing and reaching for more versus being where you are right now? For me, I really tune into like my vision for the world, you know, and I know because I've experienced this, the gift of presence and it's, it's absolutely intoxicating to just be present and know that you have peace, you have divinity, you have art and love just within you. And even when you're just with like one of your closest friends, like you can be doing nothing and you just have that sense of just, this is what life is about, you know, and so many people, never have never experienced that before or they experience it on very unique peak experiences and you know for me nothing gives me more joy than activating this in people i love it like that's my that's my bliss truly and i think that's why purpose work is actually super important and leadership coaching and finding our impact is really important because it's Like it's where presence and impact like converge Mm. because when you love what you're doing, it doesn't feel like work and there's administrative stuff. You know, this, you have a podcast, you you're building this soul kitchen empire with your events (laughs) and community. And it's like, there's administrative work to be done. And it's like when it's your purpose and you're connecting to your purpose, it's like presence Right. Because you get to access that 
be unchanging within the moments of doing what you're doing. Just like when I speak about this, it's like, oh, it's, it feels like a dance to me. I remember when I was in my early 20s and we would like take recreational drugs and go out and dance. And I just remember at the end of the night, at the, cl- at the concert, the club, I'd be so sad that it was ending because I was in this bliss this, and I knew it was ending, right? And I was like, when am I going to get to feel this way again? You know, and it's artificial and it's like, it's all chemical. Mm. <laughs> and now it's like, we get to, you can live this way forever, but it's not from a pill. It's not from being in this experience, but it's like being in your purpose and loving yourself and being connected to who you are. And so that's, that's present to me. Presence feels way, way better than like dancing with a bunch of strangers. I mean, no, we, we like dancing with strangers. We're, we're spiritual people, but in that environment, and it's like growing from a place of joy and purpose and impact. And this, like, it's it just not because you have something to prove. And this is something that I'm experiencing myself as I'm growing my business. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually launching my program publicly, like, in the upcoming weeks. So maybe by the time this is, I've been piloting it with people, but I'll be launching it publicly. And and I noticed myself getting... What is your program about? Mm. So my program is called Alchemical Leadership. And it is a one-on-one coaching program to get leaders and men and women who are visionaries, professionals, healers, helping them shine out in the world as their most impactful, vibrant, like holistically joyful selves. And there's different phases with really deep inner work excavation, as well as connecting to your core values and creating your energetic signature. And it really is this beautiful quantum shift from a place of maybe being unsure about why you're here to living in your purpose and feeling empowered to go out and do it. So it's something I'm so passionate about. I've been working on it for months and I brought it up because there are moments where I'm like, where I get stuck in like the, the results, you know, Mm -hmm. I get stuck in the metrics and the sales process. And then what I always do is I take a step back and I'm like, whoa, 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 Georgia, this life is a gift. Everything is magic. And this is just extra. This is something that you choose to do because it brings you so much joy and it is a privilege to help people. And that just brings me right back together because it's not about growing to prove something or growing to achieve something or to prove to myself or prove to my parents or whatever, but it's because it's like a huge privilege and it's an honor. And I just love growing. I always like to think of messaging and and branding. So earlier we discussed the two R's, but the program seems to be about the five P. So it's kind of a privilege to offer a program for increased presence, power, and purpose. Amazing. (laughs) And actually there's, there's another, um, so one of my foundational pillars of the program, pillars of the program, there's another P is radical possibility. So that's another P possibility. And where this pillar comes in is once you've done a lot of inner work on yourself and you've excavated the limiting beliefs, you've, you've reconnected to the inner child and gotten to know your fears you basically like create 
this like incredible canvas for your life and you get to actually decide what it is that you want to do. And this is what I realized because I was living a life like everyone around me was living it. Like I went to the school, like most people that I, I, like many of my peers all kind of funneled into the same jobs in the same cities. And, you know, it was, it was great for some people. It, I didn't, it didn't work for me. And what I realized actually was when I started accessing higher consciousness, doing the work on myself, really excavating the ways I was contributing to my own suffering, I realized, whoa, I'm actually a co-creator of my reality and I can do whatever I want. And so now it's my choice to do what I do. Not because I have to, not because I have something to prove, but because literally anything is possible. And I love introducing this to people because it's super, it's a different way of looking at life, Mm. you know? And you can say something to someone like, someone will say to me, I wish I could move to Mexico. I'll be like, what's stopping you? And you can always find something because if you, if it was important to you, you can make it happen. Right. And it's starting to live instead of being like, that's not possible trying to find a way to make it possible if it's important to you. So radical possibility, there's your sixth P. So when you look at, uh, so the privilege and the program aside, we have the possibility, the presence, the power and the purpose. I assume they're all interconnected, but is there a certain sequence to those four P's? Mm. Well, I love that you've given me these P's. So I have a four, four phases to my, to my program yeah. and six foundational pillars. And, and the first pillars are actually ownership and presence. So presence, you got one of them. And it's really like getting still and starting to take ownership, take stock and inventory over our belief systems. And that, that's I'm also getting present, like asking the questions. When I started on this journey, I never really journaled. And I did so much deep in, in inquiry. You got to ask yourself the questions and be like really discerning with your responses. And then... I don't remember your piece, but after ownership and presence, really getting presence to what there is, to what's happening within you and finding the joy of presence itself, then you introduce compassion, right? Because when we're taking ownership of the way that we're contributing to our own suffering, the way that we're the ones that are creating these dynamics in our own lives and we stop blaming other people and we start taking responsibility ourselves, you have to have compassion. So this is kind of like my recipe, ownership and compassion, right? Because to take, to own it all, to no longer point fingers, to look in the mirror and say, my external reality is my, completely my manifestation, is completely my manifestation. That's like, the, that's the way that you become the creator of your reality. And the ingredient of compassion is really important because we're not here to judge ourselves. We're not here to blame ourselves because we're all humans trying to do our best. But when we take ownership and you combine it with compassion, then you're, you have the world at your fingertips because once you take responsibility for your current manifestation, you get this like unlimited creative power for your manifestation from here on out. And so it's like being compassionate with yourself and like not letting that Hmm. go to waste. So you already mentioned uh, your recipe. So in the soul kitchen, we're looking for recipes for life. Can you elaborate a bit more? Yeah. Your recipe. So my recipe, like I said, it's combining ownership and compassion. 
and really, yeah, looking in the mirror, being discerning, raising the standard for yourself. And I love this, you know, like to be that person that you want to be. And I work with leadership. I work with personal development and spiritual evolution. And a lot of people are like looking for a, a feeling or they're looking for peace or they're looking for purpose. And to like raise the standard that you have for yourself is a really good start, you know, and in a way it's a little bit of a paradox, right? Because it's like, it's all already within us. We're all whole and complete. We're perfectly imperfect. And it's like, we have to be willing to do the work required to get to where we want to go if we're serious about it. So that's the ownership piece really is being, being honest with yourself, taking responsibility when you, even where you don't want to. I like that. And really stop pointing at other people for your own problems uh, that you yeah. have. Really Never. All they're ever doing is just mirroring something for you to learn. Yeah, I think that's a brilliant uh, recipe. And about creating your life on your own terms or possibility. So if someone is listening and this person wants to make a transition, can you give a few practical tips on where to start or how to move forward? Sure. I think it's always great to start small and build trust with yourself. So this can be making little habits that correspond to the life that you do want to lead. So if you want to be a travel blogger, and right now you're working in an office in some Western city, I would start writing, right? Because if you're not writing, if you want to be a blogger, but you have never written a blog before, then it's going to be hard to make that leap. But you have to start making those little choices every day. So it's starting small. The next thing I would do is really work on regulating your nervous system and finding that peace within yourself in in those moments that feel scary because it's really hard to quit your job when you're not regulated and maybe you're you're afraid so regulating your nervous system finding peace within yourself there's many ways that you can do this practically you can do it with meditation with breath work with self touch um, mindfulness practices, time in nature, like um, other somatic exercises to regulate your nervous system. And it's just great because you want to be able to like keep that, that safety in the body during times of transition. It's super, super important. And it's actually, it's like the first, the first part it's, it's in phase one of my work is like finding that safety in the body because when you're making big changes, you need to have that that baseline in the brain and the body to help fortify you. I like the part of creating trust with yourself and the small uh, small wins. I think that's a brilliant uh, starting point. So you shared a lot of wisdom already. Is there anything else that you want to share or something that we forgot to talk about? Um, mm. Not really, but if there's any message that I can share, I just want to say that whoever's listening, like if there's something that you want to do or if there's a way that you want to feel or if there's something that's exciting you and also scaring you, 
I just want to send you a message of encouragement and tell you that there's nothing that you can't do if it's really important to you and you put your mind to it and you take the time to nurture yourself through it. And when our bodies and our souls and our hearts are sending us signals all the time and it's really supportive to start tuning in and listen to them. And then over time, the path can reveal itself to you. But sometimes when you're making a big transition, you're not going to know where the destination is for a while. But it's still a good ride. So <laughs> follow your heart. <laughs> Jasper liked that one. Thank you. That's a brilliant, uh, brilliant message to end the, uh, the episode with. I guess if people want to reach out to you, they can find you online. Uh, yes. Can they, can they also stay with you in Tulum or is it not part of your offering? <laughs> Okay, well, so first of all, if you want to get connected with me, my website is georgiablatchford.com, first name, last name.com. My Instagram is georgia underscore blatchford. I would love to connect with you guys online, so find me there. If you want to come to Tulum, I'm actually, I am doing an in-person offering. You can't stay with me in my, in my sanctuary, but I actually do have an in-person offering that is available um, to select clients so it's it's not off the table <laughs> but i would love to hear from you if anyone wants to have a conversation well excellent well it's highly recommended to uh, to go to tulum i was there a few weeks ago and we went to uh, i went to two brilliant concerts uh, one of a south african musician and the other was a uh, two men from guatemala right yeah that was an amazing show it's funny, Jasper's always the tallest person there, and he's, like, up at the front. My friend said to me, she goes, Georgia, I have a curse, and this is this woman's, like, quite petite. She goes, I always stand right behind the tallest person at the concert. And I was like, I know that guy. That's my friend Jasper. <laughs> I was like, Jasper. <laughs> and at some point, I was sleeping on the floor when everyone was dancing. I know. You're good at relaxing. Your uh, nervous system's pretty well regulated, I would say. Uh, <laughs> Well, thank you for your time and your wisdom. I uh, keep following your adventures and uh, best of luck with your, uh, all uh, your events. I'm looking forward uh, to seeing you on stage at some point in your life, talking to 10,000 <laughs> people. Right? What, is the, what is the stadium that you would love to speak uh, in? Like, what is like your dream stage? Oh, that's a good question. This is one of my manifestations is like speaking in front of a lot of people. Um, I'll have to think about that one. And get clear on my visualization. Maybe the but Olympics would be cool. The Olympics, wow. Yeah, I love it. Go big. It's like dream dream big because the the it truly we're only limited by our own imagination. So when you start to imagine yourself in an arena like that, that's when you start like creating the energy for it to actually come to life. But Jasper, always a pleasure. <laughs> it was a pleasure so thank you thanks to everyone for listening and hope to see you soon uh, on the next episode bye everybody